Here in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, we're on the front lines of non-fungible tokens. This method of creating digital assets that can be bought, sold, and traded is truly one of blockchain's killer apps. And we recently had the pleasure of attending a conference in New York dedicated to NFTs, aptly titled NYC.NFT. Today's show is like a symphony in three parts. First, you'll meet Jay Cassano, the editor-in-chief for Cointelegraph. We spoke with him at the event, and you'll find out what it's like to be the go-to blockchain publication. Then, you'll meet Andrew Prell of Silicon Nexus. You know how you earn all those tickets at the arcade by playing games, and then you take those tickets to claim worthless crap? Well, what if you could use those same tickets to claim NFTs for various video games instead? Cool. And that's what we thought. And finally, we'll introduce you to Devin Finzer, the CEO of OpenSea.io. They're the crypto world's largest marketplace for NFTs. We didn't put the lime in the coconut, but we did put the fun in non-fungible. On this NFT.NYC episode number 380 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Once upon a time, I had a dog with an NFT, Travis. Okay, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know where this is going. Uh, it was a non-furry tail. It was just oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I, 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 my my sister has one of those cats that has non-furry body, so an NFT. Yeah, an NFB and the NFT. And how y'all doing today? We're glad you're here. I'm feeling super hyped, Mr. Travis Wright. I'm really excited about this episode. Yeah, you know, I do want to say this that we are not financial advisors, but we are financial because we're fun. Yes, we can advise you how to have fun. <laughs> you, wrote book, you wrote the book on it. You got a formula. I did write. I did write the book. It's called The Fun Formula. I would encourage you guys to go check it out at funformulabook.com. It is good fun. But speaking of fun, let's talk about taxes. <laughs> Our first sponsor for the show is CryptoTaxAudit.com. Listen, we're in March right now. Tax season is upon us. And if you don't have a tax audit defense system in place, especially if you're a crypto owner, you need to get on the ball and handle it. Go to CryptoTaxAudit.com for audit protection and do-it-yourself return instructions. Check them out today at CryptoTaxAudit.com. Speaking of com, you're Mr. Joel Com, and uh, we've been getting around the world here at least the first part of this year. I don't know how much we're going to be getting around here currently with the state of the all the the virus things, but uh, great stuff. We went to we actually had an amazing conference in New York at the NFT dot NYC, and this was a one day conference in New York. Next year they're talking about maybe making this a week, a whole long NFT week. That would be pretty nifty. Oh, dang. Yeah, it's it's really good stuff. Exciting to see the future of this killer app known as non-fungible tokens. And yep, as you would expect in an episode about NFTs, we've got one that's going to come your way here at the end of this episode. So stay tuned to discover how you can get that. But first, let's jump into this interview with Mr. Jay Cassano, the editor-in-chief at Cointelegraph from New York City. And right now here at uh, NFT.NYC and all the rest of the alphabet letters, Mr. Travis Wright and I have the editor-in-chief of Cointelegraph, Mr. Jay Cassano. Jay, welcome to Bad Crypto. Hey, Joel. Thanks for having me. You can thank Travis, too. Nah, I'll pass. All right. Thank you. That was a great interview. And next up, we have another interview with somebody who's a little nicer. <laughs> who, who, who cares? <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Travis, for having me on. Oh, okay, okay. It's, you it's can great say. to be here. That's good. Yeah, so Cointelegraph is... Is It is the largest uh, publication for the crypto and blockchain world on the web, right? It is, yes. And we checked that through analytics. We, we double-checked. We said, oh, how big is Cointelegraph? Well, how's these? Right, before you invited me on, you wanted to know. Yeah, we wanted to make sure are, you were legit. We actually... Yeah, we checked Joel you. had never heard of you before. That's not true. <laughs> I, I did check the other guys, though, and according to Alexa, who's played the Bad Crypto Podcast, whose devices we just set off everywhere, um, you have significantly more traffic than the runner-up, whose name won't be mentioned and might rhyme with Schmoinpesk. Yeah, we'll pass on uh, talking about them. But I mean, I'm not, you know, so interested in uh, comparing to 
you know, just traffic numbers against our competitors. I like to focus on the fact that Cointelegraph tries to be a media outlet for the crypto community. And I think that's what gives us our, our bigger audience. It's not like that other site, the Jerkle. <laughs> Does that even exist anymore? They well, changed their name and changed They changed name. it and changed it back. Oh, they did? They yeah. said, ah, this other name isn't working for us? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Very good. So tell us, so tell us about, about, you know, for those who, who are listening right now, you know, they've heard of Cointelegraph, obviously. They're, they're looking at news. If they listen to crypto, if they listen to the bad news, we talk about Cointelegraph or reference articles regularly. Right. You know, what are some of the really cool, maybe interesting things that folks may not know about Cointelegraph? Sure. I mean, I think uh, one thing folks probably don't know is how international we are. Um, you know, we, I have reporters and editors based all around the world uh, from New York, San Francisco, Australia, Israel, Italy, you know, UK, just everywhere. We have folks working around the clock 24-7 to bring uh, the best crypto news we can as fast as we can for our audience. Then we also have folks that are spending a lot of time to dive really deep into stories. I think people don't realize the work that goes into producing journalism, you know, people spending two, three days, uh, at least sometimes on, uh, some of those more in-depth stories that we run on our site. And, um, I think, you know, you, you see it on the site, it's, you know, a thousand, 1500 words, you read it in five minutes, but there's a lot of labor that went into that story. Well, oh, there should be with good journalism. I mean, that's one of the problems with fake news and journalism today is shoddy research. And, you know, you don't want to have to issue corrections, get it right the first time, right? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, there's obviously priority on getting news out fast and quickly, but I always tell my reporters and editors, you know, I'd much rather be second and right than first and wrong. If I can be first and right, that's the best, but if I have to choose. What if you could be second and half right? No, I'll, no. I'll take third. I think, I think corrections are okay. You own up to your mistakes. A lot of, a lot of publications just put out fake. They don't even they don't <laughs> deal with it. Oh, sure. I mean, part of being transparent and being a trustworthy media outlet is owning up to your mistakes when you have them. And, you know, any any outlet is going to screw up for now. Uh, every outlet screws up sometimes. And uh, if you want to keep your reader trust, you have to be transparent about that. You have to say, hey, this is this is the mistake we made. This is how the mistake happened. This is how we're going to do better next time. Well, we are bad crypto. So it's kind of baked in. Right. Somebody says, eh, you guys got that story wrong. We're like, you were warned, you know, come on. <laughs> right. We don't have the luxury of, uh, you know, having that bad disclaimer in our name. No, you're the good coin telegraph uh, publication. <laughs> so you're all around the world. Yep. Uh, and maybe you can talk to Elon Musk about getting into a rocket ship so you guys can be the first in space. Right. Uh, can I get an NFT for attending a conference on the moon or something like that? Absolutely. Okay. We could do that. You get a little Lambo NFT. <laughs> you've been to the moon yeah yeah well i want to ask about that because you guys have such cool artwork like every one of your pieces i don't know if it's every one of them or if it's just the coolest stories you go let's put yeah. let's put some interesting things we were actually having a conversation like how cool would it be to have some of those pieces of artwork as an nft like the first x amount of people who come to the, the and read it they have the ability to claim that nft or something but that's those those images yeah. that would be awesome yeah i think that's something we're definitely looking into right now i think there's so much potential in the nft space uh for rewarding your audience loyalty i mean you guys are starting to explore this as well um with your proof of listening token right mm -hmm. we are innovators in the space we have we have created a whole new genre, Mr. Joel. It's a new beast. It is. It's the new beast. Who, who's the artist of those? Who creates those? You got like one guy. You got somebody who's like who just fits the style guide. Or you got like templates or he's in, he's down underneath the main deck. Yeah, and they're like Whoosh, draw faster, yeah, draw, draw faster. That doesn't look like Craig Wright. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, we're publishing twenty four seven, so we have uh, about half a dozen artists who are working around the clock. Uh, the, the style, they do a good job of yeah. keeping that style similar because you yes. really can't tell. I mean, you can, uh, with, with a trained eye, you might be able to identify some slight uh, quirks and deviations. I am virtually artists. blind, so right. I have well, no trained eyes. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, they do a really good job of keeping the style consistent uh, across the whole site. I think that's a big part of our brand identity is you know, the, that artwork. But we're also um, exploring you know, different styles of artwork. We recently launched a... Uh, long form section of Cointelegraph, Cointelegraph magazine at uh, magazine.cointelegraph.com. And you'll see a slightly different artwork style there. I think still kind of recognizable is like this is the same hands that draw the stuff you're mm -hmm. used to seeing on Cointelegraph, but you know, maybe a little less cartoony, a little 
you know, just a, a little different feel for it. So we're experimenting. Well, amongst those changes that you're making before we uh, came up here to the stage, you told me that Cointelegraph just launched a new section today, which especially appeals to me and perhaps to the sky weavers that are in the room as well. Why don't sure. you talk about that? Yeah. So uh, as of today, we now have a dedicated game section at Cointelegraph, games.cointelegraph.com. Still very new. So uh, be gentle in your feedback, but please feel free to give feedback. It's going to be a dedicated section for game news, and uh, we'll also have a catalog of games in the space, uh, you know, blockchain games there that you can peruse. It's meant to be a resource, again, for the community. Uh, you know, we really think of ourselves as the community's media outlet, so we want to produce uh, this section to really be useful to, to folks that want to explore crypto gaming. Mm. So now does that I mean, because we're here at, at uh, NFT NYC, yeah, and there are a lot of games here. I mean, there are a lot of people that a lot. So was that one of the reasons why you? I mean, you're yeah. in New York City, so there's got to be like a crypto event here in New York City about every week or two, right? There is, yeah. But I mean, NFT NYC, you know, this is special, and uh, NFTs are really important to to blockchain gaming, obviously. And I think it's a, a massive use case that is going to, you know, quite possibly, I think, spur mainstream adoption. You know, when you look at just the sort of player empowering mechanics uh, behind NFT gaming, the fact that no one can take away, you know, your in-game collectible items, you know, whatever it is, depending on the game. He's tried. I told Hands him off no. my NFT. It's on the blockchain. Stop, Mr. Joe. Yeah, I guess you can, like, hit him with a screwdriver and mm -hmm. make him. Well, I have a hammer too. from another game that I right. use. Right, right, right. <laughs> he traded it. <laughs> no, but I, well, think that, I think that's something that, you know, non crypto people can sort of intuitively understand like there's no central server no administrator that can just you know delete all my you know all my cards or you know my sword and my shield right um, it's on the blockchain forever don't and touch my sword and my shield so there was actually a story on here on your game section mm -hmm. that caused the crypto community to breathe a sigh of relief and it was this one from February 13th. IRS does not consider Fortnite money as virtual currency. Yeah. Talk about that. So uh, there was a little bit of a concern with new IRS regulations that came out that, uh, you know, they're, they're obviously the IRS is wrestling a lot with how to regulate and tax crypto. And so they initially released this uh, recommendation that, you know, said all virtual currencies are subject to taxation and, you know, went a little more in depth than that. But basically... The way it read and uh, the way folks were interpreting it right away meant that, you know, World of Warcraft, Fortnite, uh, and any game that has some kind of currency basically meant you were going to have to be taxed on that uh, if it had any kind of exchange rate for U.S. dollars. Uh, the IRS quickly clarified we got, you know, the, the real details on that. And I think uh, it was, again, a, a useful service to the community to let folks know, like, you don't have to worry about being taxed on your Fortnite money. Shoo. What about your, like, Candy Clash or whatever the one game is? It's Candy Crush. Candy Crush, Keep yeah. up, Mr. Travis, Sorry, right? Man. Travis is not the gamer between not, the two, right? No, but he's what slowly... About, he's, what, about the, he's, what about the Zelda? <laughs> <laughs> he's getting there because I think that the crypto aspect of it is drawing him back into some of the well, gamification. Well, I'm just looking forward because we just got put... Joel and I just each got put into the Chain Clash game as fighting... Oh, Fighting uh, avatars, yeah. and along with John McAfee and Brock Pierce and some other people, and Wait, I'm so, like, so do you? Can you like fight as Travis? And yeah, John. You, well, if you get the card, if you get the card, you, there's going to be a presale, and you can get the Travis, or you can get the Joel. Joel's uh, finishing move, I think, is he whips out his phone and then he does an eye fart. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> There, nice. there we oh, are, that, right that there. That looks awesome. I like yeah. that. Look at how buff I am. I am way more yeah, buff. Know, you're there. like, come I look me. like I'm straight out of Alabama. Come up, no. <laughs> You do. You just need some chaw in there. I'm standing here like, hey, come on. Spit. Like that. Yeah, I got well, let's, uh, Jay, we appreciate you coming on. Let's close out with our... I have a question, though, before we close out. Mr. Premature Closeout. Well, it's time to close out. I don't care. I want to ask another question. Ask your damn question. Do it. So you guys, so not, not only is Cointelegraph, right, a great publication, but you guys also put on awesome events, right? Block show all over. And I know there was some in Singapore, and there's another one somewhere else. Yeah. Tell us what's going on with Block Show this year, and how come Mr. Joel Kahn and I can't ever come? 
Oh, well, you guys are definitely going to be coming next year. Um, I think we're we're a little. We we're got not... that on video. That's good. Boom! <laughs> oh, the video guy was he? Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be held to that now, aren't I? Oh, oh, no, you guys, you guys will be there. Uh, I think things are a little up in the air with Singapore right now, uh, just in terms of that's the, true the health situation. But we'll keep you posted on that. And you know, Block Show is a great event. It was you know, I became editor in chief of Coin Telegraph late last year, so Block Show was like one of the first things I went to in Singapore. And I have to say, it was just really cool uh, to see the energy from the community. In the, the audience there, you know, of course, there are the panels at conferences or the speakers, and that's great. That's what officially you come for. But for me, seeing all the energy out in the, yeah. the area. Just all the conversations, yeah, just, the synergies, the exactly. interesting encounters with people you've maybe energy, not met before. Yeah. yeah, the energy was really incredible of just folks networking and talking about what they're doing because we're all building this future together. And mm. I think we at Cointelegraph are privileged enough to basically be able to document the future being built. Mm. You are the future. No, no, that's no. not like a commercial. Coin Telegraph, you are the future. Did you go to the Marina Bay Sands and check out the Infinity Pool? Yes. So amazing. Okay, now can I close out? That was a really good question. By I the know way. it was a really good question. That was that's worth, why I wanted to ask. It. That was worth interrupting. I know that's okay. Give us your low energy, Mr. Joel. Are you, do, are you done interrupting now? People come here for the low energy. Are you done? That guy was sleeping. <laughs> hey, wake up over there. <laughs> wake up I took a photo. I was like, here's a dude sleeping. We're going to post that on the website. Jay Cassano of Cointelegraph.com. Thank you, Jay. Thanks, guys. And Mr. Travis Wright, we're now contributing to Cointelegraph. Once a week, the bad news episode and a summary of the show is actually featured on Cointelegraph.com. Yeah, I noticed that's pretty cool. We're uh, we're doing some fun stuff with him. Jay's a great dude, and that team over there is really working hard to to bring the crypto news out there and uh, you know we chatted with them and they said hey you know what your bad news episode that would be awesome to have put it on coin telegraph so we are doing that and we were actually talking to him about you know some non-fungible tokens because they have such really cool artwork over there for each one of their blog posts like they create their own photos and their own they have their own graphics like hey this post just went live like they should have like an nft of the day and you got to like look at all the articles to see which one it is like that would be cool an NFT OTD. Mm-hmm. NFT OTD. Hey, want to give a shout out here to to Upland. Upland is a location based property trading game, sort of like sort of like Monopoly, but it has this this decentralized economy. And we actually ran into them in New York and had a conversation. We actually did a live stream with them where we unveiled the winner of the first airport parcel, which uh, Cinnamon won that bad boy. It was really cool. And so you can actually, Uplanders is what you're called when you're playing the game. You can collect in-game currency called Upix, and you can use that to actually buy new properties. And then each one of your properties earn you more Upix each day and creates this whole cool open economy uh, where various stakeholders interact and transact with each other. And actually, I believe they're open. They're having their new Mojito launch. It's happening sometime this week. I think so, Travis. Hey, by the way, I see your big head walking around the city. Hey, it's a normal size head. Uh, we each have the same size head in that game, which is fun. We're actually in the game, which is w- yeah. one of the things that's been pretty fun about us having bad crypto is that really cool projects will come to us. And I think a lot of them, like maybe they like our personalities for some reason. They want to include us in the game. And so Upland has included us as in the game. We have our own little voxel. Also Chain Clash, which is another game. Chainclash.com has included us in a fighting game. So we're like a Mortal Kombat type of stuff. Joel and I, are, once this thing goes live, Joel and I are going to do some videos of him and I kicking each other's asses just for the sake of comedy for you guys. By the way, people will be able to buy a Joel and Travis character in the game, but they're not our sponsor. Upland is. Go to badco.in forward slash Upland and sign up today. It is. It's super funny. Yeah. So uh, another gentleman that we encountered for the second time in New York was a guy named Andrew Prell. We that was Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders. He looks like Colonel Sanders. We got to interview him. This is a sponsored crypto spotlight segment because Colonel Sanders, a.k.a. Andrew Prell, has come up with a way to convert the tickets that you win at, say, like a Dave & Buster's arcade into NFTs into digital prizes that you could claim on this massive iPad, this display unit, instead of getting your pencil and erasers and, and way overpriced crap. 
This thing is a, this thing is a six foot kiosk. That's much yeah. larger than an iPad. It's a, so, it's a massive iPad. It is, and and imagine just like in the future of it. It's not. It's like the, once they get more and more games sort of joining, and more they'll have more content. So imagine instead of you know getting two rolls of Smarties and some sweet tarts and like a little chintzy thing that you get from the Dave and Buster's sort of you know the arcade game redemption area, you can actually take those tokens and use those those tickets. Uh, and and maybe get an in-game thing for World of Warcraft something, or or like maybe buying a, F- a Fortnite skin for your game or whatever. And so it'll probably generate a card, a code that you'd be able to take back with you to input into the game. It's not all those games are not in there yet, but I mean this this is really early on this thing, and we can see where it's going. There's a lot of hope for it. And before we get to it, just a reminder, because we are always all about full disclosure, sponsored means that we receive tokens, the Silicon Nexus tokens that are used in their economy for this interview. We do like the project, but we're not financial advisors. Do your own due diligence and check out this project with Silicon Nexus. While we were in Miami mm-hmm. and attended the Washington Elite Conference. Very elite. Very so, elite. So elite. Super elite. What's his name's restaurant? Oh, Pitbull. Pitbull's restaurant. Yeah. We encountered this dude. We did. And we thought, he looks like Colonel Sanders. That was the very first thing. And, and I was like, I'm hungry for chicken right I want now. Some, I want some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he has got a baller of a system that fixes the problems that we find at entertainment centers, um, like where you earn tickets for playing games like mm-hmm. a Dave and Buster's. Yep. You know all the crap? The, the Chuck E. Cheese yeah, things, you yeah. get the coins and the You earn all these the tickets, yeah. you play the ski ball, and then you're like, I'll take that eraser. Yeah. You know? And, and two smarties. And two smarties. It's a new <laughs> it's a new time, it's a new generation. And Andrew Prell is the founder and CEO of Convergence. SiliconNexus.com is the website, and you've got a cool system. Andrew, welcome to Bad Crypto. Well, thank you for having me. I love your all's podcast. It's awesome. And we love your chicken. (laughs) I love the rubber bands you have in your beard. That's... That's, uh, well, if I it? take it out, it'll look more like Colonel Sanders. It was this Captain would you please? Remember that old I, wrestling guy? He would have like little, he would, he would do that. Oh, there you go. Oh, Damn it. Now I want a side of some <laughs> corn and baked beans. Come on, and that Colonel. Coleslaw. And some Delicious. coleslaw. All right. So talk a little bit about the problem that I alluded to here, you know, with get, claiming prizes for tickets at these so, well, centers. Everybody knows, and it's not really a secret. It's not really a secret in the uh, industry that playing the games and winning the tickets is a blast. Trading the tickets in for the prizes is a massive letdown. I mean, those prizes suck. Mm-hmm. Just well, unless that. you have five hundred thousand tickets and you get to walk out with a decent prize, but like the Xbox, like yes. an Xbox, but you end up paying about eight hundred dollars for that Xbox. No. more 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 okay okay so if it's an 800 dollars xbox you're probably on average they're paying four times that oh my gosh that's crazy these are expensive smarties then (laughs) that's one damn expensive eraser they're paying for the fun in the entertainment center however the the average vend is about 50 cents right um, that's the average there, but we want to be able to have non-fungible tokens in there from video games for the whole gamut. I mean, if you want to trade it in for the, instead of the five cent eraser, you can get some small common card out of, out of, um, splinter lands or something like that all the way up to the elite and have a, a $5,000. All right. Let, let's clarify here. What you're talking about is instead of getting a piece of crap from the shelf, offering a digital item that can be used in a game. Correct. Correct. So we offer prizes that don't suck. Is that the tagline? I that like is that. the tagline, actually. Prizes that don't suck. So it's interesting. So if we go out here, like when we met in Miami, you did not have the big kiosk now. But out here... Well, I didn't you, bring it with me you didn't because bring it, they you wouldn't let me have it on the plane. I had okay. to fly down to Miami. So <laughs> That is big. So <laughs> tell us about this huge kiosk. So this that you have is like what about what eight seven feet tall about seven foot tall it's actually a dual-sided 55 inch touch screen oh wow and um yeah it basically just uh it was it was the reason when we went to iapa 
We IAPA. The International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions show. Okay. okay. It is the granddaddy of all shows mm. for the out of home entertainment okay. industry. So like you know, Disney goes there, Paramount goes there, Chuck E. Cheese goes there okay. to find out all the new stuff. Right. So when we were going down to IAPA, we just had the countertop units. And when you just have the countertop units, those things were just awesome. And then all of a sudden, two weeks before, I ran into that monster kiosk, and I was like, got to have it. Got to have those. We got two of them, went down there, and it was the right thing to do because in the out-of-home entertainment industry, it's basically go big or go home. So size matters. Size definitely matters. And how you work it. <laughs> well, how do you work it? You, you're in these tickets. Are you, are you doing away with the tickets? Is everything going to be digital? So, so the tickets nowadays don't come out in the physical form at most places. They don't right. come on a card. I, I have yeah. a Dave & Buster's digital wallet on my app. phone. You got the app. I got now, the yes. app. And you. it's actually, interestingly enough, not called Dave & Buster's. If you go search, for Dave, you won't find it. It's called, I don't know, something else. But you scan Embed. it. What's that? Is it the Embed app? E- I'll tell you how to launch it. But you, um, you take the app. You you load the you hold the card up to it. Oh, so they're NFCs. Yeah, it's NFC. And it's like boop, there's your tickets on there, and then you take the phone and you hold it up to the the games to yeah. play them. Well, that's relatively new because I know I went to Dave and Buster's. I think last year my kid uh, it was his birthday, or maybe it was a year and a half ago, and um, there's some event that we went there, and we had loads of tickets. They gave us so many tickets. And they weighed them. They didn't even like put them in the thing to count them. They just put them in a bucket and weighed them. They said, you must have this many. Okay, so here's what's really interesting, and I think horrible marketing on their part, just as a marketer. The app has the Dave & Buster's logo, but the title of the app is Fun. Yeah. (laughs) So if you go to look for Dave & Buster's, you have to to look for the Fun app. So you got the rewards on here. Do you have some on here? I'm not sure if that card are you, has Are you card. giving me your... I'm charging up with your power card. Here <laughs> You're going to pay for his power card? That's I'm so taking nice it. of you. I'm taking it. He's actually going to take it see if it has a... He's taking my tickets. Oh, my God. How, do, how do I do this? You just took 200 and something tickets off of there. Did so that really work? Like no, no. I think those were there from before. Okay, so how does this work? Like, forget the card. Okay. That thing's worthless now because we're going digital. Right. We, we'll actually go to the app, but a lot of... Still, the majority of the places have the cards. So you, you win a bunch of tickets, and they're on your card. Yeah, so they're not worth the, the ticket. The, the card's not worthless. No, no, no. There's still a lot of places that use them. And then you take that up to the kiosk. You select the different NFTs from different games, different, different video game items from different games. That's all you care about. You don't care that they're NFTs. Um, so you see this is kind of cool. That's kind of cool. And you add them up, and you have 14,000 tickets or 400 tickets, whatever. And you add them up until you get to your, your balance. Um, and then you go to purchase them, you have to have our trade binder app. You scan the QR code and they just move over to your phone and you take them home with your phone. Mm. So is that easy for, yeah, so, so my guess would be, I know that crypto can be hard, right? So how many kids do you know can download an app onto an iPhone? Right, most, most all of them, right? Exactly, that's how hard it is. Okay, that's how hard it is. <laughs> so it's like, well, I know they go through the process of like, oh, it's a trade binder, now I got to connect this and send this over there. It's not hard. You've tested it. They get it, and they figured out. Yeah, we actually, we actually thought we were going to have a problem with that, and we did the field test. We had some MBA students go to Laser Blaze, do a field test, and part of it was how easy is it to do the app? And they said it's not a problem at all. The hard part is you have to train, train the public that they want the digital items instead of the physical ones. You have to let them see right. the difference in the fact that they have, they're there. That sounds like that's probably the, just making them aware of the fact that that's an option. Make exactly that. Well, when they see that kiosk there and they walk in and mom's going, Bailey, do you want the little uh, Hot Wheels? You, and she, Mom, look at this. They, they got this weapon over here on this, this thing. Fortnite skin like, down I want the road I want this. Exactly, 100%. I mean, it's like, Mom, no, look at this. Can yeah. I get this? Screw and that. Mom, that's... And Mom's like, let me think. I don't have to step on the Fortnite item at 2 in the morning. Sure. Right. <laughs> right, that's true. So we went to the kiosk out here, and the currency of the uh, the platform are droids. These are the droids you're looking for. These are the droids we're looking for. <laughs> Excellent Jedi mind trick. So with the droids, you then buy stuff. Right, but the player doesn't have to even know the droids exist. They're buying them with tickets, which we have to actually convert to our droids so we can have a balanced ecosystem across all arcades because ticket prices 
the way that arcades use tickets. Some of them convert, uh, say, three tickets to a penny. Some of them convert two tickets to a penny. Some of them convert five tickets to a penny. It's just different ways that they grew up because they all grew up in this in separate areas and they didn't talk to each other way back right, then. Right, right. And they set their prices. So we had to balance that out with our droids and then price everything to the droids mm. so we don't have to then reprice them all based on the ticket prices of each mm. individual. So are the droids going to remain a certain, like a standard sort of stable coin that's going to be a set price? The, the, the droids, we effectively sell the droids to the arcades at two cents each. Okay. If, the arc, if a large arcade like, like a Dave & Buster's is doing... $2 million worth of product a year out of a location, which is what they do, and it's all going through our system, and they can save 1% by buying them on the secondary market, they're going to buy them on the secondary market, which is fine because it balances out our crypto, and it will help maintain it as a stable coin. So by the time you figure in the cost of having physical inventory and uh, shrinkage and all that, the profits are just as good or better for the uh, the game entertainment Okay, the, the, the arcade, basically, for every dollar they take in, they have a cost of goods going out of about a quarter. Okay, that's what they think. But then they have to add to that storage, labor, and shrinkage. We have no storage, we have no labor, and we have no shrinkage. So just that alone is better. But on top of all that, none of that matters. What matters is... We have the prizes the current generation wants. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Now, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious about this. So, so we went through the process. I got a gun. I got a couple of cards. I got like a little Pokemon-looking thing. But how do I get them, how do I get them off? I mean, how do the – so say you, we, we go there and we get them. We got a little thing, a little Ethermon or whatever, and I got them on my trade binder. And then how do I put them into a game? So if I may, because you – yeah, well, I, ju- I did. So within their um, platform, you just tap the item and click the send button, and then you put them into whatever wallet okay. you use to connect to the game. So I've already transferred the little Pokemon guy, although it's not Pokemon, it's Ethermon, Ethermon. Um, Ethermon. a card from one of those other games and a weapon into my MetaMask wallet. Okay. So they have to be crypto games then, I would assume? No. No. If we, we're actually going to GDC and looking to try to bring in some of the AAA titles, which we will then take their video game items and make them into NFTs. Ooh. Okay, nice. Of course, GDC is that gosh darn conference. That yes. gosh darn it. Game Developers Conference in yes, San Francisco, just to give them a plug, right? Yep, it's yeah, it's the, the collection of all There's not the very nerds. many people that go to that, so they need that plug. Yeah, yes. right. There's going to be, what, 20,000, 30,000 game developers there, something crazy? Yes. Huge. That's great. Takes over like all of San Francisco. Mm. So when <laughs> when can people start expecting to maybe see some of these popping up in their local Dave and Buster's? What's what's the step between we, now and then? Cash money. We are in cash is an issue. We have a cash flow problem because we have too many too much of a demand. Mm. Uh, we we have a demand. That's of, a really good problem to have, though. Not if you don't have the cash, right? But, but at least <laughs> they're saying uh, yeah. they want it. Oh, they do want it because you can so, find investors that are like. Wait, they're, they're, they're lining up? You're, you just basically need to take orders. Well, we, we got the orders. We actually have the orders from I have, but we have a demand of 6,000 locations. Damn. We're installing the very, 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 very first one that wasn't our test unit. The mm. very first one up in New Rochelle in a place called Fun Fusion, owned by Michael Gatlin. Um, awesome guys. Is been that in, in New York? Uh, New Rochelle, New York. New Rochelle, New York. Okay. 20 miles away from this location. Oh, exactly. so that's why you were able to have it here because you shipped it and then you're going to go install it. I drove it up. You drove it up <laughs> this is the from first Kentucky. I drove it up. Very nice. Kentucky. That's good. <laughs> so you're getting in this first one and then the next step is get some funding so you can And then we go to so another deliver. place. Uh, I can't say the name until after it's installed, but another place in Chicago that's um, got a very well-known name. Does it mm. rhyme with Bucky Sneeze? No. Okay. Mm. I could. You don't know. Very nice. So why don't you just take some of that Kentucky Fried Chicken money, though, and use that. Original <laughs> recipe. <laughs> Put it on the blockchain. <laughs> well, you know, when Colonel Sanders died, that kind of fell out of my... Colonel know. Sanders oh, has never man. died. What are you talking <laughs> about? I seen him on the man. television. That's true. <laughs> He's licking his chops and making that, that tasty so chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Andrew Prell, uh, what's the website you would like for people to visit? 
Oh, they can go to siliconexus.com. Silica. S-I-L-I-C-A-N-E-X-U-S.com. That's easy for you to say. I was almost going to sing that like M-I-C, but I'm not going to. I started. Thanks, Andrew. Good luck to you. We look forward to seeing your machines in all the places. Awesome. Very nice day. I'd just like to say that, Mr. Travis Wright, Silicon Exus, Silicon Exus, Silicon Exus. It is a cool kiosk. It is also a big iPad. <laughs> it's a normal size iPad if you're like King Kong. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope you guys go get to check that out. We want to give a shout out to our new show sponsor, Crypto.com. It's the only single platform that lets you buy, sell, store, track, and pay crypto securely in one place. You don't got to go to five places. Four places, three places, two places, one place. Their vision is to put crypto in every wallet. That's how mass adoption is going to happen. They've got over a million users worldwide. I've got the app on my phone, and both Travis and I have the icy white cards. And with these cards, when you use them like a debit card to pay for your Spotify and your Netflix and your Amazon Prime, you get a rebate back to your wallet in MCO tokens. That's the native token of crypto.com. So go check it out. Go to badco.in forward slash crypto 50. When you download and um, use the code badcrypto2020 for a metal MCO visa card, you get 50 bucks. It's simple. Just do what they say to do. Do it yeah. and get the get the get the monies. Mm-hmm. You don't even actually got to worry about the code if you just go to badcode.in forward slash crypto fifty. That will actually pre-populate that code in there and get you all set up. And one thing that's really cool about the icy white card that we have is that um, every month, if you pay for like your Spotify or your Amazon Prime or your Netflix with your a card, your crypto.com card, they actually will refund that back. You know, I just, I literally just said that. You I know, know it's awesome. Me. I love that. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, but why are you I'm reiterating. It's called reiteration. <laughs> yeah, you don't got to put the code in because the code should be there. Badco.in forward slash crypto 50. Boom. There it is. All right. Finally, uh, while at the conference in New York, had the opportunity to meet Devin Finzer. He's the CEO and co-founder of OpenSea.io. I've purchased some NFTs from OpenSea. Travis, have you? Uh, you know what? No, I have not. It's it's So I bought some parcels of land. In fact, we're going to be telling you guys soon about crypto voxels where there is now an embassy for the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. Maybe I'll, we'll tell you about that in uh, an upcoming show here soon and make a video to show you guys what was created. But this is cool stuff. The biggest marketplace of non-fungible tokens. Let's go to the interview. We are so excited about the NFT rabbit hole. You know, again, both Travis and I think that this is the killer app for Ethereum and a number of other blockchains, and we have yet begun to see the real boom in crypto collectibles. And that's why we're excited to have with us the CEO and co-founder of OpenSea.io, the largest marketplace for crypto collectibles where you can buy, sell, and discover digital items. His name is Devin Finzer. Devin, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. You know, this is so funny. We actually are doing a spontaneous interview here because (laughs) we were on a call talking to you about OpenSea and you're sharing some stuff with us while we were talking. I opened up a bad crypto podcast storefront and our, our gears are just turning. I'm like, you know what? We just need to get this guy on the show. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. I, I'm happy to have, be the proud owner of a Bad Crypto podcast, the first Audible NFT. So it's super cool. We can't really listen to it. Yeah, I guess you, you, can't you can look at it. It's the bad coin on the <laughs> oh, it does move. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It is animated. It yeah. has movement. Yeah. So you know, I the the basic description kind of makes sense. Largest marketplace for crypto collectibles, but maybe define for people who don't understand what is a crypto collectible. Yeah, so a crypto collectible is basically a unique digital item that is typically, or for the most part, backed by some sort of blockchain. Uh, a lot of them are backed by Ethereum. Some of them are on EOS, but um, you know, it's essentially something that in the digital world that you actually own. Right. So if you think about 
normal digital stuff, say you play games and you have game items or even event tickets or domain names, um, you don't really own those in the same way that you own a physical object. And so if you wanted to go and trade a game item on eBay or like go sell uh, something, an event ticket on some random marketplace, you couldn't necessarily do that. With these sorts of crypto collectibles, you have that freedom that people usually associate with physical objects to go and kind of do whatever you want with it, right? To go and throw it in the trash if you want, gift it to a friend, go and sell it on a marketplace. Um, and OpenSea is kind of uh, one of the largest marketplaces where you can buy and sell all of these sorts of things. Yeah, so we ran into you guys there at uh, NFC, NFT NYC. And uh, it, it's interesting, so because because this new whole collectible space, it seems like it's just kind of right at the beginning stages of something that could be that's going to grow. You know, I mean, the people that were in that room were some really, really smart people. I mean, not only that, we saw people from the NBA. We saw people from the NFL. T- today, we saw news about the UFC is doing started to do NFTs and digital collectibles. Like, like, how do you see this this thing and and I mean, didn't it seem like it's just about to go pow? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think, well, you know, right after CryptoKitties launched, which was the first crypto collectible, there was a lot of, there was just a lot of excitement, right? Um, mm-hmm. CryptoKitties kind of shed some light on this idea that there was a new type of digital asset that you could build on a blockchain that was super interesting. Obviously, it caused a lot of kind of speculative mania, some of the cats selling for over $100,000. It was so ludicrous, but yet it was so groundbreaking. Yeah, no, totally. And then I think what happened, so that was late 2017, that sparked interest from game developers and and people who wanted to build these sorts of things. And then the last two years has really just been kind of building out the core infrastructure, a piece of which is these open marketplaces to make that actually like a thing that can happen and grow, right? So um, a lot of people thought it would happen like right after CryptoKitties, um, but I think it's taken a couple of years to kind of incubate a lot of these projects, games take a lot of time to develop typically. Um, and now, yeah, it does feel like sometime in the next year to three years, we'll really see like, in my opinion, pretty rapid growth of the space. You can really see the activity on the website and check out the marketplace. So go to OpenSea, spelled S-E-A, dot I-O, and then click Browse. And this will show you the categories of uh, tokens of NFTs that are available. And they're ranked automatically by how many are listed on the marketplace. It's interesting, Decentraland, which uses the MANA token, is this virtual world where you can build your own and design your own stuff in this world that people can walk through and engage. And there's currently 855 items. Gods Unchained, which we've talked about on the show before, is a digital card trading game like Hearthstone that's put out by Blizzard. And people are buying and selling these cards. Super Rare is on here. And that's just digit just. It's amazing digital artwork these one-of-a-kind pieces that you can't mount on the wall, you can own digitally, uh, uniquely. And I think that there's just so many different ways that you can create these. What are some of the other creative things that you've seen done with NFTs? Yeah, so I think um, virtual worlds is definitely really hot. So Decentraland and CryptoVoxels are basically these worlds where you can own land and build things on top of them. Super awesome. Uh, another kind of interesting experiment we saw recently that kind of went under the radar was called Crypto Stamp. And this was a, a, a project by the Austrian Postal Service. And they basically built, um, they built a website where you could buy these crypto stamps. And with every crypto stamp, you would get a physical stamp that could be used to send a letter <laughs> if you still send letters. Uh, and um, But it also came with a crypto stamp that was this kind of collectible stamp that you could go and, and trade on, on the marketplace. Um, and it was really cool because it kind of engaged the stamp collector community and got the market rolling by tying it to this uh, physical asset as well. And then I think, you know, it's really, there's a wide diversity of uh, things happening right now. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Formula One game um, that launched recently, but it's an officially licensed uh, Formula One racing car game. Famously, the uh, one of the cars sold for over a hundred thousand dollars in a uh, eBay style auction um, pre-launch, and they just launched their crate um, their crate sale where you can actually go and purchase these things. And now 
um, that marketplace is heating up. Was that that was um, that on a strictly digital? Yeah, strictly digital. Yep. A, a, a strictly digital car for a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This is the new um, gold rush, I think, in NFTs. You know, we saw in ICOs the gold rush happen 2017 and 18, and I think that creative people are going to come up with ideas for uh, for NFTs. Now, of course, we have created our own NFTs in part as part of our proof of listenership campaign. And as people will discover here at the end of this episode, how to get the official NYC.NFT um, collectible from Bad Crypto. And have you seen anybody do that yet where they've tied a NFT to um, content creation? To content creation? Um, let me think. I'm sure that people have played around with it a little bit. So there was a, there's an NFT magazine um, called, I think, Meg NFT, where you can, where they have these NFTs that you can own. And I believe you give you exclusive access to content, but I, I have not kind of thoroughly investigated. There's the um, POOP, I think that you guys are familiar with, mm-hmm. where whenever you attend a conference, you get an NFT from that conference, kind of like a, a badge. Um, we've even also had uh, the tickets for NFT NYC were for sale as NFTs. So you could. It's genius. You know, yeah. It's, uh, uh, I have a question around. So we were talking about something earlier and I was thinking, and then Joel had a good question uh, as well. But I, I want to ask about the um, in-game assets, like say Decentraland. Yeah. And you said there's 885 different items for sale. Now, are these items that just anybody can create? Like if you got Photoshop and you got some illustrator skills, you can just go make some cool, like make a chair for Decentraland and somebody might buy it. Right. So it, it depends. So in the case of Decentraland, it, it's really up to the project. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, what about what the other ones like, you know, Sandbox and Crypto Voxels? Right. Like there are these platforms that artists could essentially go and make art for. Yeah, and then hope people buy it. If they have a cool style, like they yeah. could maybe make some interesting amounts of money just by creating digital art for some digital game. Totally, yeah, hundred percent. So I think uh, if you look at crypto voxels, it's probably the most open platform. You can bring any NFT that you own inside of crypto voxels and show it off. I do think that um, in already on OpenSea, we're starting to have challenges around people, you know, copy and pasting an image and then making a brand new NFT with that same image. Um, and that's kind of the role of platforms like OpenSea to kind of figure out whether this was the original NFT or whether this is kind of just a, a knockoff or a fraudulent NFT. What do you do uh, if you you know question that? For example, I see Decentraland launch t-shirts on here, right? For, that mm-hmm. have Decentraland yeah. 20, 2020 on it. Right. Like somebody could easily copy yeah. that and right. sell it. And they're selling it for a bunch of mana. Yeah. So um, one of the, I mean, beautiful things about the blockchain is it's very, it's pretty easy to go and check whether an NFT is legitimate or not. You just check what the smart contract address is for that NFT. So for example, if someone cloned that Decentraland shirt and created their own smart contract and made it look almost exactly the same, we could go and check the address and it would it'd be different, right? And we'd know. Um, that being said, can you kill their account then and shut that yeah, down? Yeah, and so OpenSea wouldn't. We've actually had this with uh, so Binance recently launched their own NFTs, and we had a few fraudulent Binance NFTs uh, pop up in our marketplace, and we pr- pretty quickly caught them, and then just kind of blacklisted that uh, contract and said, "Like you're out of here, out <laughs> the road, Jack." Exactly. Yeah. What about, um, I want to I want to ask about physical items, right? Yeah. And because you talked about that, how Crypto Stamp had the physical stamp and the mm-hmm. digital stamp how are we gonna as nfts evolve right like i remember i i like to collect baseball cards and i got this really cool ted williams it's like 1941 ted williams it's a year that he hit 406 and it's in mint condition like it like how cool is it going to be to say ah get this verified by like some you know you know site that verifies it and you get it in a little hard case and you get to verify and it gets put on the blockchain, mm-hmm. you own it, and this is legit, and it's a this. Like, that yep. authentication of things that are already in the real world, adding them to the virtual world, and then verifying <laughs> and validating those things, I think is it has, a, has an interesting connection on there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, so uh, nice. Is that <laughs> crypto? Kind of right like there? this crypto, the crypto kaiju. Oh, that's a crypto kaiju. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. That, that's kind of what you're talking about, Travis, right? That this mm-hmm. um, this crypto kaiju that we have is is on blockchain and verified by the NFC that you could scan on the bottom of it. Yeah, that's that, so that's an area uh, we're just seeing like starting to emerge. It's it's a slightly different and tricky problem. Um, than just having these native digital assets. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think- Well, the merger are... looks like it's happening. So what are some of the things that maybe excite you the most as we kind of wrap this bad boy up here? What, you know, looking forward, what are we going to be expecting and what excites you about up, what's upcoming? Yeah, so two areas, um, one of, actually three areas, one of which we already talked about, which is virtual worlds. I think that's one of the cooler, probably the coolest areas of NFTs is like, bringing all these different artworks into your digital world, bringing game items from other things, kind of the metaverse type thing. I'm super excited about that. Um, The second area is uh, these decentralized domain names. So um, I don't know if you are familiar with the Ethereum name service Mm -hmm. uh, project, but it's basically a way to get a human readable uh, name for your Ethereum wallet or even your Bitcoin wallet. Somebody uh, squatted on badcrypto.eth and joelcom.eth. They like uh, yeah. they just squatted them. I'm like, ah, squatters. Wow, that's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about those types of projects. I think those are kind of like one of the building blocks for making this stuff a lot more usable. I think, it, you know, hopefully a year from now, not everyone is having to copy and paste these hexadecimal addresses. They'll just be using human readable names. And then the third area I think that's that's super exciting and actually has been a bit of a surprise to me was uh, is digital art. Um, so we're seeing and, and I guess more broadly just creative folks and you know influencers, uh, people who uh, want to kind of distribute their content in, in some way via a, a really interesting mechanism that allows people to own um, a piece of what their work is. Um, I think that's a super exciting it's sort of unexplored territory. Uh, We've seen a little bit of stuff happen with with digital art, but I think we're just scratching the surface. You uh, see this when you go to crypto conferences, like a lot of them will have art displays of, you know, mm-hmm. some are sculptures, some are paintings, some are, you know, lithographs. And each one of them is backed by um, an NFT, right? So mm-hmm. the proof that this is the legitimate piece of art, it's not a copy, it's numbered. And here I have the NFT in my wallet to prove it. It acts as that authenticity certificate. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Travis, you asked about the real world stuff and you have on the site here on your blog, WIV technology is bringing fine wine trading to OpenSea. So this is, these people are selling Want actual bottles of wine, but you purchase it by buying the NFT and then they ship it to you. How does that work? That's right. So you per so on the OpenSea storefront from the Wiv team, uh, they have a bunch of bottles of wine listed. When you purchase one, you get the NFT, and you can do one of two things. One is you can just hold the NFT, um, or you could even sell the. NFT to someone else without having actually redeemed the wine. Um, or two, if you wanted to actually redeem the wine, you could go and claim it, right? Um, so what's interesting about that is while the wine is still in the custody of this company, uh, there can be this kind of market, right? Um, you could maybe imagine, you know, selling it a bunch of different times. Um, you could even, you know, plug that into the DeFi ecosystem one day and take a loan out of it or something like something crazy like that, or like split it up and do a bunch of pieces and you know, traded on some other decentralized exchange. There's just like a lot of crazy stuff you can do with it while it's tokenized, one of which is just buy and sell it. Um, but then of course, if you want to actually get the physical asset, you can go and, and get the physical asset. Um, and then, you know, the other interesting thing to think about is like, maybe maybe not with wine, but maybe with something else, could you kind of re-tokenize it, right? So um, could you- like sneakers. It would seem like sneakers exactly. have the sneaker heads. It's like, Oh, yeah. I got like an authentic pair of Jordans from, you know, Jordan threes. Like, yeah. oh, well, damn, those are worth a thousand dollars. Like, I mean, it blows me away how, how, how expensive some of these sneakers are. And if you add a layer of authenticity on top of that, then they're just going to be able to level up their pricing. And like, it's, it's going to change that industry, move it forward. Nike will probably have NFTs included with their sneakers when they sell them. Yeah. And in fact, speaking of Nike, they just uh, announced that they, I don't know if you saw this, they announced that they're doing a, 
some sort of NFT. They filed a patent for some sort of NFT project recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. Well, Devin, we appreciate you coming on. OpenSea is cool stuff. Guys, I don't know what you're going to find when you go to badcode.in forward slash OpenSea, but it's going to take you to the Bad Crypto Podcast storefront on there. And since we're recording this in late February, I have a feeling we're going to populate it with some collectibles that are going to be first come first serve on the platform. Go to badco.in forward slash open C O P E N S E A and see what kind of uh, cool collectibles you can discover there. And uh, thanks Devin. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. It's a joke. Huh? It's like the, it's like the eBay of NFTs. It is like exactly like that. There's no other site that's got as much, you know, traffic and volume. Now there is super rare. I think it's dot io. You might dot want to code, dot code, super it's rare dot co. Co. So that's for artwork, just artwork, right? Super rare is just for artisty people like our friend Veza, you know, that they're creating these one of a kind pieces that then they're putting up as NFTs so you actually own the digital work. That is true. It's really, it's really an interesting space. I mean, when you think about NFTs not just being digital collectibles, but being in-game items and other little things that can happen, and especially the loyalty aspect of it. At this event at in, in New York City, there was the head of uh, the NFL sort of player rights that was there to sort of like, you know, whenever they try to see like, oh, we're going to put an NFL player on this or that. Like that person was there, the head of the NBA uh, was there and it's just interesting to see and then right after the event happened the ufc started talking about their own sort of NF- nft collectibles that they're going to have where you literally be able to have your nft and then train it up like and then maybe fight people later on like it's like these nfts are really cool it's like a digital collectible and it's sort of like a deed at the same time that says you own this mr joel com this is yours you own it. It's on the blockchain. I can prove that it's yours because here it says it is. Indeed, you can. And now here's another opportunity for you guys to claim an exclusive bad crypto non-fungible token collectible. It will only be available for 72 hours. And uh, the system that we're using right now, you know, initially we tried to automate this. We've got a little problem with the code, so we've made it really simple. We're going to give you a URL. You go there. You put in your name, your email address, and your Ethereum wallet. Again, we recommend using something like Trust Wallet or any other ERC-20 compliant wallet that stores your uh, your collectibles in it. If you use like a Coinbase wallet, they'll be there, but you won't be able to see them, you know, because they're on the blockchain. But you want to make sure that you try and use Trust Wallet or some other wallet that will show collectibles. And here's where you're going to go for the special NYC.NFT NFT. Go to badco.in forward slash NYC. That stands for New York City, for those of you in the most rural areas that might not like abbreviations. Yeah, like they never heard NYC. <laughs> They're brand new well, to the whole you, internet You thing. think just because we're out here doing our thing, we don't know what you newfangled uppity <laughs> urban people in NYC? We know what NYC is, fool. Mm-hmm. I'm from one of those towns. I'm the, yep. My hometown's about 4,000 people originally where I live, where I grew up the first 18 years of my life. So I know that's... I lived in a very ruralish area of Oklahoma and had family there, and, and those people are sharp. Mm-hmm. Don't ever... don't Just because they talk like country folk doesn't mean they think like country folk. Mm-hmm. Country folk ain't stupid. Those, that is salt-of-the-earth people right there. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of them got more common sense than most city folk, I know. Also pepper of the earth. I think it's both salt and pepper of the really? together. Yeah. So go to badco.in forward slash NYC and make sure you claim this. Uh, Travis, really soon we're going to have the one, the first reward that we promised, which is for those of you that have at least five bad crypto unique NFTs in your wallet, we're going to send you a special one that only you get for being a uh, faithful listener that's the whole proof of listening concept that's true well only you get it and every other person who also has five well yeah 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 but you but you you can't just get it if like you're a new listener or if you haven't take the time to listen and collect the other nfts no nft for you in fact that's the only way to prove that you know how to stay back 
Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.